The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code WMVP. Tune in every Friday for the official Waddle and Sylvie same game parlay on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. 21 years or older, Illinois only. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears. Chicago ESPN Chicago. And this is Waddle and Sylvie, live from the old National Bank Studio. WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. Boy, it, uh, it is really something, just how much... Bear stuff is out there. and Well, this is what comes along with having the most cap space and the number one overall selection. Yeah, and again, the, the free agency stuff continues to be a back burner. Yeah. Like, I didn't think the, the number one pick would be gaining this much steam this early. But uh, again, as we bring in our friend uh, Peter King, who does great work, Football Morning in America, and uh, has joined us for many years on the Waddle in Sylvie show. He joins us on the CarX Tire and Auto Hotline. Um, and free agency does start basically a week from today. Peter, how are you feeling today? I'm doing good. You know, when I was writing yesterday, I was saying to myself, I wonder if my buddies Waddle and Sylvie <laughs> will want to check in about my little conversation with Ryan Poles. And sure enough, yes. Here you are, and it's a pleasure to talk to you. We are we are predictable, if nothing else. Yes. <laughs> um, I want to play you this. I don't know if you've heard this. Uh, what your afternoon has been like? But he even mentioned you in this uh, in this short forty five second soundbite. Rich Eisen was uh, on the NFL Network today, talking about the Bears and talking about some of the things. Like he was g- giving the items that he some of the things he was hearing from the combine and his stay there. And he got to the Bears, and he mentioned your article on Football Morning in America, and um, he he then came to the Bears portion. And, and take a listen to what he is reporting, and then I want your response, and if it surprises you after your conversation with Ryan Poles. Take a listen. The Bears are already long down the road of trading the first oh. overall pick. Teams have been identified. Compensation is being hammered out. Wow. Yeah. And I, and sure enough, I saw Ryan Poles say today, I believe in Peter King's Football Morning in America column, if I'm not mistaken, saying that, hey, teams kind of want to know maybe before free agency begins if they have a draft pick high enough to take a kid. And if a team wants that quarterback certainty this early in the process, they're going to have to pay for it. Man, Poles is playing this thing like a virtuoso so far, as far as I'm concerned. So I hear the Bears are already long down the road in trading this first-round draft choice. So he he mentioned what you wrote in your interview, then took it uh, like even a step further, that he's hearing they're down the road. Are you surprised hearing that? Well, I mean... I think I, I, I guess I didn't use the words down the road, but if, if a general manager says that I have in hand right now a 1 in 24 and a 1 in 25, as well as obviously a 1 this year, I mean, that's down the road. 
He's down the road. <laughs> that's, that's the definition of down the road. And honestly, look, I think a bunch of people, I have been surprised at the reaction. I had a couple of phone calls from people around the league uh, asking me about this, including one of the teams in the top ten who said the Bears better not overplay their hand. And I said to him, now, now, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, let's, let's be, let's try to be a little bit honest slash fair slash every, whatever else you would, you would call this because look, I think what Ryan Poles is doing is he is playing the market. Okay. And in the market right now, our teams at number two, number four, number seven, number nine, and perhaps at number five with Seattle, but probably not. Um, he's got teams, and then you go down to Tennessee, and if you want to go way down, then you got Washington. But but you've got a lot of teams that are interested in uh, in moving up. And, and I, I just want to say one thing, okay? So think about this, and I did not write this. I thought of it, but I didn't, because it's not exactly apples to apples, but it's close. Okay, let's just go back two years, okay? When Miami had the third pick in the draft and traded down to number 12, that's nine spots, Okay. If Chicago has the one and trades it down to nine, um, you know, that's eight spots, but it is the first pick in the draft. So theoretically, it should be worth more than Miami trading from, uh, you know, from three to 12. Okay. And let's remember what Miami got. Okay. Miami got a one in 21, that, that 12th overall pick. They got a one in twenty-two and a one in twenty-three, and a third-round pick in twenty-two. So, for anybody to think that it's outlandish or way too much to think that Ryan Poles has a one in twenty-four and a one in twenty-five in addition to the lower one in twenty-three is crazy. Yeah. You know, he's going to get at least the extra two ones if he makes or if and when he makes this trade and i think he'll get more than that peter do people th- did people think that maybe he's making it up or at least play no, no no i didn't hear anybody saying i mean people on twitter say that but i haven't <laughs> heard from a soul saying oh yeah ryan is making that up to he's lying to maximize uh in the draft i mean look let's Look, if he trades down to number four, he's not going to get what I. He's not going to get a four plus two ones and something else because he's only trading down three spots, and he's going to get one of the two great edge rushers in this draft. Okay, which I'm sure he would sign up for right now if he if you could get a lot plus get one of those two really good edge rushers. So anyway, I'm I'm only I'm only making the point that anybody who thinks that oh boy this is a lot just look at recent trades for teams trading into the top five they pay ransoms 
Uh, Peter, um, Ryan Poles, second year in the big chair, in the big office. He's got the number one overall pick and more cap space than anyone else in the t- in the league. What are your impressions of Ryan Poles and the direction he's possibly or, you know, hopefully taking this franchise? Uh, my impression is that he learned <clears throat> this business under four people who I have high regard for. All right, so he got hired in Kansas City by Scott Pioli, and even though people roll their eyes and say, wow, Pioli crashed and burned in Kansas City, Scott Pioli sat at the right hand of Bill Belichick for a decade, and he's a really smart and very conservative, to some degree, personnel guy. Then he worked with John Dorsey and Brett Veach, and then the overriding thing, you know, think of it, in his last eight years in Kansas City, you know, he worked next to Andy Reid every day. And when he got into the scouting aspect of it and the draft aspect of it, Andy Reid is sort of impressing on him offensive line, defensive line, offensive line, defensive line, and you're never winning without a quarterback. And I think he knows that. So I trust him as a young guy who has been well-trained, who is, look, as I wrote today, I mean, he, he's, he, and I don't know what, because I don't really know Ryan Poles well at all. Um, I don't know what the impression of him is in Chicago, but my impression of him from afar is speak softly, carry a medium-sized stick. You know, words aren't going to win this at all. You know, only the results and the actions of of what he does. And again, I know that there are some people uh, who were down on him for trading for Roquan Smith. I know there were some people who were probably uh, who probably think he over overcompensated the Steelers for Chase Claypool. I get that. I understand that. However, if you're him, you have to ask yourself, okay, let's see. What should we do? Should we trade Roquan or should we pay him, pick a number, 18 to 20 million a year? And probably the first three years in that contract, we are going to struggle. By the time we get to be really good, if we're being honest, Roquan Smith is on the other side of it. So why would we do that? I mean, I, I don't. Plus, he doesn't that's fit. my opinion. Plus, he doesn't fit kind of the style of, of linebacker yeah. that Matt Eberflus was looking for yeah. as well. Yeah, Peter. But what? I would, I would, if I could, if I could just say sure. one last thing about this. Of course. Look, every you know there are these lists of bright young general managers. He was one of them. You could have probably chosen three or four other guys who were on the bright young GM list. Okay, and but whatever you do. Whoever you pick, they are going to make some choices that in this particular case might strip your team bare. And for the first year or two, you will stink. That's all there is to it. You're a bad team. That's the reason why you're hiring a new franchise architect. So give them time. Give them, uh, in my opinion, a guy like Ryan Poles goes into this job. And unless he robs a bank in the middle of Michigan Avenue, (laughs) 
Uh, I, I think he's got to have absolute minimum four years uh, to to try to do this. Otherwise, every team in the NFC Central or in the NFC North, excuse me, I'm thinking the old days. Every team is thinking, "Oh, great! It's just like the Patriots think of the Jets. Hey, look, the Jets will always stink because they change uh, people every ten minutes." And look, they're doing better now with Joe Douglas and Robert Sala, and good for them and good for Woody Johnson. But when you make huge changes in an organization, you need to give the new regime legitimate time. Yeah. Peter King joining us, Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. I mentioned this to Waddle earlier, and I asked you the lying question earlier. Um, were you surprised that he was as upfront as he is in a league where they – a lot of times they hide things that aren't even things that should be secretive. Um, are you surprised that Ryan Poles was so forthcoming? A little bit, but how would I know whether to be surprised when I've really had one significant conversation with the man in my life, or two maybe? Uh, so I don't really know him. I think probably it helped because when I called to try to set this up, I said exactly what I wanted to do. Look, I think three times at the Combine, like on Saturday, sort of late in the Combine week, I've had breakfast or a meeting with the general manager who has the first pick in the draft. I just want to take the pulse of what he's thinking and what that team is thinking. And so it wasn't like... I was just walking in there and say, hey, let's have a chat. I told him exactly what I wanted to do. Now, it's possible that Ryan Poles wanted to get some things across, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if, honestly, because he said it twice, that you know he had ones in 24 and 25 already on the table. So he wants everybody to know that look i've got this so if you want the pick that's where it's going to begin now again obviously chris ballard in indianapolis knows that it's going to be a different price for him than for carolina or and i don't on it i don't know who made that offer i really don't i mean everybody would think oh it must be the panthers maybe it was but i don't know that so I think he does want people in the league to know, if you're coming for this pick, bring your wallet and also uh, bring your retirement account. Right, (laughs) Bring it all. Bring all of it. By the way, it's being reported that Geno Smith is signing for three years and $105 million to go back to Seattle. So That's fantastic. Yeah. That's really perfect for them. Good. Yeah. I'm glad. And good for Gino, who's persevered and, and you know came out the winner in all of this, for sure. Hey, Peter, um, based on, on, on the workout of Anthony Richardson on Saturday, how does that affect in any way, shape, or form, in your opinion, the leverage that the Bears have with the number one overall selection? I mean, it certainly doesn't hurt it, but uh, you know, as somebody told me, uh, you know, I left the combine late Saturday afternoon. I came home and I worked the phones a little bit Sunday while I was writing. And as somebody said to me, so here's a guy who is 6'4 or 234, whatever he is. Um, he had touchdown runs of 80 and 81 yards 
in college at Florida and not only had those runs, but on one of them outran the secondary. It just was an absolutely crazy highlight that you can find on YouTube where you've got a giant, you've got a friggin' redwood tree outrunning these, you know, jackrabbits in the secondary. But, but, um, and he's got a very good arm. And I don't mean to be just shrug, shrug my shoulders and say, who cares about it? Of course, he had a great workout. But as this guy said to me, who thought he wasn't going to have a great workout? You know, so I, I, I think the whole thing with him is that uh, he's a, whatever he was, a 56% passer in college, and he won six football games, and he started for one year. So, uh, you know, in some of his games, he was pretty, you know, just okay. And I think his last college game, he was 9-27. But, but again, I think he's a very interesting prospect. He's a very good prospect. And if anything, um, he's going to add to the level of interest of teams wanting to trade for a quarterback because I already know, I can tell you this, I know that there is one team in the top ten that has Anthony Richardson as the number one quarterback on its board. That helps the Chicago Bears. It does. Hmm. Uh, as we talk to Peter King uh, on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline, it's Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. Um, are, how tired are you of the Aaron Rodgers conversation, <laughs> and how will it end? Uh, I mean, so Aaron Rodgers is a guy who I think a lot of teams in the NFL just don't want to deal with. However, one of those teams is not the New, the New York Jets. They'll take Aaron Rodgers' weirdness and all, and they will love having him. And as long as he can do two things, I don't think they're going to trade anything real significant for him unless he commits to play for two years. That's my gut feeling. I don't know that. There's nobody in the organization who's told me, but it just makes sense. Are you going to pay $60 million, $59 million for one year and then go through all of this weirdness next year at this time. I think they want Aaron Rodgers to look him in the face and say, hey, I'm in for two years. So, and if he does that, I think they're going to go after him aggressively and will pay the money. And depending, look, it's like in these baseball trades, the amount of, like, if you, if the, you know, the Cubs trade, and I forget what, I don't even I don't really follow it, but you understand the point that I'm making is that if you're the Cubs and you're going to trade a player and he's really good, if you're going to trade, and I don't even know if these guys were trades or free agents, but if you're going to trade Javi Baez and he's got a bunch of money left on his contract, the prospect you're getting back from the New York Mets when that trade was made is going to be a lot better if you're willing to take on a lot of the salary. And it's just going to be uh, just a guy who's probably never going to make it if you want, uh, you know, if you are not going to pay any of his salary. So I think it's probably the same thing here. If Jets are going to pick up most or all of the deal, uh, I doubt they're going to have to pay nearly as much as if the Packers agree to pay two-thirds of it to get Aaron Rodgers off the payroll. Peter, two two questions 
Do you believe that this has run its course in, in Green Bay and the Packers would like to, to get out of this relationship? And can Aaron Rodgers still play at a really high level? I think it would be important for Aaron Rodgers to uh, really dedicate himself again to be truly great, even if he rolls his eyes at the concept of how much you have to work in an off season to be really, really good. Um, coaches don't do that. And, you know, Robert Sala's butt is on the line. So is Joe Douglas, the GM. So they're not going to want a guy who's going to say, hey, I'll see you for six days in June right. at the mandatory minicamp, and then I'll be there at 11.59 p.m. <laughs> at, you know, when, when the deadline for reporting is midnight. You, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. You don't want that. You want a guy who is going to be into it and who really is going to want to, uh, who's going to want to say, hey, listen, I want to come in right now and I really want to get to know Brees Hall, my uh, running back who I'm going to throw the ball to 80 times this year. I really want to get to know him. I want to, I want to feel him. I want to know what makes him tick and, and all that stuff. And then for my receivers, okay, here, here we go. You know, I've got right now, I've got the rookie of the year, a great receiver, a great young receiver in Garrett Wilson. I want to come in and get to know everything about him. I've got Elijah Moore, a little bit of a mysterious player, but who's got great potential. I've got a veteran in Corey Davis. I've got a, a Wes Welker type, Julian Edelman, maybe, uh, you know, in Braxton Berrios. I need to get to know those guys. That's what I want to hear from Aaron Rodgers if I'm the Jets. But. Having said all that, I think the Jets are so far down the road on this and basically let, uh, you know, their number two choice walk to New Orleans today in Derek Carr. I'm not sure that they're going to be able to be in position to demand anything, but I think it's really important that he work more in the offseason with a new team for the Jets. And look, the Jets right now, today, if they play a game tomorrow, they got a top five defense in the NFL. And so if you get an efficient quarterback, um, and I do think he can be somewhere between efficient and great, he is so smart. And he will embrace the challenge of beating Bill Belichick twice, of going up against the great Josh Allen. He will embrace this challenge. So I think, and I think you know Aaron. You've heard him. He wants to shove it up a lot of people's rear ends. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> he just, and he always is like that. So that's one of the reasons why, if I'm the Jets, I'm, I, you know, warts and all, I'm really interested in Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Peter, great stuff as always. We really appreciate your time. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, Peter. Hey, great to be with you guys. Thank you. Yep. Peter King. He's best the best. In the business. He really is. Yeah. And he knew we'd be calling him. Yeah. And like clockwork, there we were. And, and like he always does, picks he, up the phone. Yeah, he picks up the phone for us. If you want to react, 312-332-3776. I got a surprising uh, note on the Geno Smith deal. 
that was just announced. Geno Smith going back to Seattle. You just heard Peter King say Derek Carr earlier today. It was announced he's going to New Orleans. So some things falling in place. We should get word on Lamar Jackson's uh, uh, whether what franchise tag he's going to get from uh, the Ravens and where um, Aaron Rodgers is going to go. A lot of these things are going to be announced here shortly. Three three two three seven seven six. All that coming up next. Waddle and Sylvie are back. Are back. Follow the show on Twitter at Waddle and Sylvie and at T Waddle 87. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Now the 2 2. Swing and a fly ball to the gap in left center field. Wise and Pesetnik on the run to the wall. Wise jumps up and makes a spectacular catch. Oh my! Dwayne Wise. Took away extra bases and maybe a home run from Gabe Kapler and saves the perfecto. Wow! That was uh, 2009. And uh, these uh, calls, when you have to talk about the late Dave Wells, like who would have thought that we'd be saying that coming off the weekend? But over the weekend, we got the shocking news that our former teammate, Dave Wells passed away. And uh, Dave, for so long, worked at ESPN 1000. He was the pregame show host of the White Sox. He was such a diehard White Sox fan. He uh, was the voice of the UIC Flames. And there were so many moments. Uh, the Flames are dancing. The Flames are dancing. That was when he was... And, and to this very day was the voice of the, um, the Rays on radio. And that was the call of Mark Burley's perfect game from the Rays standpoint. Someone who grew up here in this area loving the White Sox calling that for Tampa. And that like one of the, the greatest defensive plays in a no hitter perfect game ever in the, the biggest moment. But like the Flames are dancing call. Uh, I'll never forget, like, the the, the biggest thing, I, I saw the Great Iron Assassin post this on Facebook, too, as so many people were remembering, Wilsey, over uh, the weekend, was the term drill rod. <laughs> yeah. I had never heard the term drill rod used before, and I think, Meller, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't that when the Leguiz came onto the field during... Gamboa, Tom Gamboa, didn't he use the term drill rod then? I believe you're correct. I hadn't actually thought about that. I'm almost positive you're correct on that, though. It was during one of the things. It was during a fan talking about one of the drill rods. Drill rod. Drill rod. And we we, we used that for years as just a drop. I, I think I've used that in my own kind of everyday life several times over the last Five or ten years. Yeah, and he just that voice, that uh, like the, the radio voice, yeah. uh, Dave Wills and um, the Bertucci he, he w- boys. The, I would always hear the thanks to the Bertucci boys for bringing up sandwiches here. He was, you know, he had his in some in some ways he had his dream job. He was tailor made, born to be the White Sox pre and post game show host. But then he really got his dream job, and that's why he left. It's probably the only reason why he would have left. ESPN 1000 when he did back in 2004 because he was the pre and post game host for so many years here at the station. But he did have an opportunity to go be the play by play man for the Tampa Bay Rays, which he obviously excelled at, as you just heard in that highlight. Yeah. And better than just, you're right, Sylvie, his voice, those, man, the baritone, he was awesome. He had pipes. 
And then, but and he was good. Yeah. And on top of that, though, the nicest guy in the world. Better than he was a better person than he was play by play. Yeah. I, I never crossed paths with him because I didn't get here. Right. Uh, he, he, already, already he, was, yeah, he had already been one. he had already left. Um. But yeah, I mean, he so loved very talented. his socks. He yeah. loved his socks, and like just the way he he worked his way up, like. He did Kane County Cougars games originally, didn't he? You're correct. And like, like just the way he worked his way up, doing so many different things to get to the point where he was doing his dream job. Like that's a that's a blue collar guy right there uh, from the South Side, and um, it's just it's just shocking when when fifty eight years old, you know, and and like when Carm texted us yesterday, bad news, and and then. You don't. You never know what's going to follow the bad news. And then he sent the tweet. I was sitting at basketball practice. Practice at basketball practice. You hit it, and you're like, "No, wow!" It's just. It's just. You couldn't believe it. Dave Wells passed away. So everyone who knew him from the area, his family, everybody, all of our uh, our thoughts, our prayers are with you guys. And um, he was a great man. Great man, uh, so talented, so good, so passionate, and uh, we're all going to miss him. Uh, if uh, if you'll allow it, I have a, a classic moment from uh, one of his post games, Sylvie. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is with Bill Melton, and Melton, Bill Melton. as much as Wilsey loved the White Sox, he certainly was always perturbed by Cubs fans who oh, he, uh, he didn't have the time. And as you mentioned, Drill Rod oftentimes came out in the post game show. Here's a classic moment with Dave Wills. And Bill Melton on the White Sox postgame show. You're on a White Sox postgame on ESPN Radio on the White Sox Network. Hey, Dave. How you doing? I'm doing good. Say hi to Bill, too. He feels left out when nobody says hi. All right, Bill. How are you? Patrick, hey, I'm okay. I was thinking about what you thought about the uh, Cubs onslaught of uh, runs the past couple of days. Uh, I, I, I can't stop thinking about it, actually. I mean, it, uh, it makes me uh, very, very envious to see that the, the Cubs are scoring the runs the way they are. And, uh, you know, boy, it'd be great to be a Cub pregame and postgame host probably, wouldn't it? It's probably tough to find a position where they don't need somebody. Or, yeah, I mean, I'll tell you well what, I, I looked now. at their yeah. schedule after this. Yeah. I don't see another loss on their schedule. I mean, even without Mark Pryor, that's how good that team is. It is unbelievable. As a matter of fact, if I was a Cub fan, I'd be lining up outside the Shrine right now getting ready to buy some playoff tickets. That's probably what I'd be doing. So I hope you're on your way there, lad. Good luck. We're all counting on you. All right, uh, we'll take a break, and uh, thank you for your interest in White Sox baseball. For Bill Melton, I'm Dave Wills. We'll come back and listen back to the highlights of the Chicago well, I was White Sox. for your comment about why is a guy wasting a dime calling no, a White Sox a drill uh, rod. What do you expect? Okay. All right, we will uh, continue on with this White Sox postgame show. You know, there's drill rods everywhere, even when we win and when they win. It's amazing. On ESPN Radio and the White Sox Radio Network. That's great. Drill rod. Fantastic. So... Just uh, just awful news from the weekend. And he was supposed to come to the, did I mention he was supposed to come to the oh, uh, was he? anniversary? Danny had just texted with him for just a few weeks back. And he was Sucks. looking forward to it, too. Ugh. Just absolutely a tragic. So, um, no good transition no. now. Yeah, but we wanted to remember our buddy Dave Wells here at ESPN 1000. Um, there's the news. Geno Smith has uh, reached an agreement with... Uh, the Seattle Seahawks, so he's returning there. Did Three you, years, 105. Did you see the other part of the deal? I did not. Uh, Adam Schefter is reporting that uh, the first part of the deal, the first year, gets $52 million. That doesn't suck. So, like, I'm, I'm trying to digest that. 
So then the next two years, obviously, you know, 50, 52 million total. What's that? Then the, the next two years total will right, be 52 right. so million. So it's basically like $26 million for the next two years. So it's much, much lower. Do you believe they still are in the market to draft a quarterback? Like they look at it and they're paying him much more this year. They probably have much more cap room to this year being a young team. And they're getting it more out of the way this year. And they could, like, maybe they are one of the teams, like, in that five slot where a team like, where they use Richardson. Richardson's going to need a development year, yes? Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah, yeah so, I think so. I think that's so what everyone believes. Could that be the perfect, like, a perfect place where he sits for a full year and he develops? They're, they're overpaying Geno for a year, and then his salary goes down, and... I wouldn't rule it out. I would just, I think they were a massive surprise this year. I mean, there were a lot of people that thought the Seahawks were the worst team in football. Uh, Geno Smith is a big reason why they weren't and why they got to the postseason. But I still think that that's a team that, that has a lot of building to do. But I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't rule it but, out. But I'm asking about the salary. Why the, why the first year so much money and the last two much less? Uh, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, listen, these guys can massage these contracts in such a way. I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure why they did it. It may provide them more flexibility in the, the next few years. Of course, you would think that would be the case. But not 100% sure why they did what they did. I wouldn't rule them out as being interested in a quarterback. But interesting deal. Good for him. Good for Gino. Yeah, he's a great. He, he, like he's one of those guys, like in the right place. Even if you're considered a bust in one spot, if you're with the right coach and in the right spot, you could still turn things around. Had they had they just franchise tagged him, he would have cost them thirty two point four million. So the difference is obviously eighteen million dollars in the upcoming season. Right, right. It, like that's what I mean. Like it's an like I don't know if it's more like a a one year deal then, or if it's more like a, a two year deal, or if it's because the, you know you get that first year and you pay them more, you overpay them, and then maybe in that second year, it's more because of a rookie quarterback. I don't know. Like that's that's why I'm asking. Yeah, I I don't get the Daniel Jones stuff. I don't understand. I've always raged against this. Meller, I don't want to speak for you, but I think you, me and you have walked arm in arm with this. The Daniel Jones $45 million talk to me is, is absolutely asinine. I would not give him that much money. I would let him go, and I would try to find another quarterback than rather pay him that much money. Why don't you just franchise tag him at $32 million for one Right. Year? You give him the non-exclusive deal. I think part. I think though, the fact that they haven't is partially because they'd rather franchise Saquon Barkley because that's actually for teams. If you can franchise a running back, that's like ideal, right? You get a good player at a discounted price because they don't want to. Because Barkley wants, you know, he wants somewhere between like thirteen and sixteen million per year, and the the Giants don't want to pay him that. So I think they're trying to manipulate it so that they can franchise Saquon. And not have to do it with Daniel Jones, precisely because what you just said, Sylvie. I don't think they're convinced he's like a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. In fact, he's still in the prove it mode to me. If you're Brian Dayball, this could give you the easy out as to why you need to part ways with Daniel Jones. You could, you know what I mean? Because like sometimes the fan base doesn't want 
they don't want you to part with your quarterback. It's a tough conversation you might need to have, especially when you just made the playoffs and exceeded expectations. But you know what? You could be like, sorry, we just couldn't get a deal done. It's time to move on. All right. I, I would just ask, why would they all? Why would you want to move on from him right now? I'm not suggesting you pay him 45 million, but you find listen. He had he didn't have a great group of receivers, right? He finally has a coach to develop him. Why wouldn't you want to keep him for one? He he actually, despite you know the 15 touchdowns and only five interceptions, he actually played pretty darn well. Right. Why wouldn't you just uh, want to keep him as a sign him to a franchise tag? See if you can develop him even further. And then if it doesn't work out, move on after this year. I mean, right. I wouldn't I'm be looking to move long on term. From it. I'm not looking for long term money. You though. don't have to give it no, to no, him. No, but but you could lose you could lose Saquon for that though. Okay. Like you would, what would you rather do? I would rather save the money on the quarterback because if you're looking for forty five million versus thirty two million, that's twelve million. Like you're looking to save what five million dollars on Saquon Barkley because he wants fifteen. I uh, listen, if Saquon Barkley you can't come to a deal with Saquon Barkley. Okay. I mean, can you get someone like Jimmy Garoppolo for less than 30 and, and pair him I with think you Saquon? Can. You may, but this guy's younger. Jimmy hasn't been able to stay healthy. Maybe you feel this guy's ceiling's a little bit higher. Let's, uh, let's talk all about the quarterback dealings of the day and what uh, Black and Abdallah think about the reports uh, today that the Bears are down the road on a deal for the first-round pick. We'll talk a crosstalk with the guys coming up next. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Waddle and Sylvie are back on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. Spring training tomorrow. Oh, well, quick turnaround for Waddle and Abdallah. What's up? Oh, well, quick turnaround for Waddle. He's leaving in 10 minutes. Really quick turnaround for you, my friend. Yeah. Uh, 7 to 10, Waddle and Abdallah tomorrow. It's only it. two more hours. Of- Let's get it. We'll be fine. And then uh, Jay Hood and me uh, from uh, 10 to noon. Black and Yurko from noon to 2. All right. A Cap and Carmen from <laughs> 2 to 6. <laughs> Everyone's giggling Whoa. at that. And then six to eight from Tyler uh, for Tyler and Meller. No, it's just a long. You guys have a long show every day. That's what we're we're laughing at. It's nothing against either Cap or Carmen. It's a long show. We give the respect. Respect to you guys. You have a long show. That's a long ride for Carmen tomorrow. That's a nice long show. You have a nice long show, man. And we got a nice early show. That's okay. Like I said to you, hey man. Well, first of all, you'll be up with your youngster. I'll be up anyway. I'll be up because I'm. 56 and I pee at 5 o'clock. And if we were doing this like two months from now, you and I would go play 18 after. No question, yes. We'd be like 10.30. Let's get a 10.45 tea time somewhere and let's get there. Waddle's poop schedule is going to be off again. I know. I know. I know. I may have to take an emergency. uh, That's fine. (laughs) That's when we'll do do one of the fine Cap and J-Hood deal breakers. uh, No shot. You guys should do a deal breaker tomorrow. I want to do a deal breaker. I love deal breakers. Deal breakers is fun. Are you going to smash on the avocados? Very salacious. Yeah, of course. Listen, nobody uh, yeah. tiptoes the line like Shane Orling. Yeah. Like that dude is. He lives that on dude, the line. Li- yeah, that dude lives on that line. <laughs> but I think I, I was talking about it. How long would, would Sylvie? Would you be able to handle Hood talking back at you and the impression of him uh, of, of you? 
It's as, it's like usually about the five minute range. Okay, so yeah. like, <laughs> you can, so like a five could you do minutes. a sec, could you do a segment of him five being like from of PTI, him, of Sylvie of talking to Sylvie? I think I'm going to get that for a segment tomorrow. Okay. So All right. <laughs> I could usually play it for about that long, <laughs> and then after that, it gets a little old. Five good minutes. I'm I just like just imagine that. him repeating you back and forth. Right. 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 Could you do the entire show that way? No. 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 I, don't, I couldn't. No, there's no. too many sandwich bets. Sandwich bets? Sandwich right. bets? Sandwich wow. bets? Wow. <laughs> Abdallah! Who would no, get more tired Tyler of it? now. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> who would do more? Who, who would be more tired of it? Would it be Hoodie doing it or you hearing it? I'll be hearing it. Okay. <laughs> Every now and then, Hoodie turns it into Elmer Fudd. I don't know. <laughs> like, all of a sudden, I can't say my R's. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Elmer Fudd. Like, I can't, I can't say my R's correctly. <laughs> so how long is this road the Bears are down? They're down a road? Yeah, they're, yes. They're on a road? Is this a country mile? Is this a, is this a quick home three country hours? road. I don't know, man. I think this, I, I don't know if it happens before free agency. If it does, it better come with a big premium. Well, now you've got Geno's gone. The Seahawks have a quarterback. Derek Carr is uh, Carr's done. So the Saints have a quarterback. Now, cross, I mean, cross them off. We're crossing teams off here. We're going to get Lamar news, and we're going to get Rodgers news soon, right? I think they franchise Lamar. I don't think they they get. Rid it of depends Lamar. on which franchise, though. But what are they going to do? Well, he's already that? told you that he's not going to play on the franchise tag, right? Okay. So what are you going to do? You're going to have no quarterback but again? You, no, but you franchise that allows you more time to negotiate. But he has no leverage in that situation, though. If he says he he's not going to play... Then he doesn't play. He just doesn't play. He's never going to get his money then. And then he's he's franchised again the year but after. Then if right. you, but but, but, if but the, year, the year doesn't count if he doesn't play. Yeah. No, but at this, by, this, by the same token, it doesn't help the Ravens either. The no. Ravens then don't no. have a quarterback. No, that's true. You know, it's, so. it's just a placeholder to negotiate a deal with Atlanta. Exactly. That's what I think. Yeah. Look, if Atlanta's going to give you two ones, and you, they've already told you how they feel about Lamar. They haven't given him okay. what they've But then wanted. do the Ravens come up then and try to get one of these guys? They could. All right. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to convince you of. I'm fine with it. I, I'd sign Lamar over the unproven. But they, but, okay, but I would ask you, why haven't they done it yet? He probably wants too much guaranteed. He probably wants a Deshaun Watson contract. And he if wants fully guaranteed they told money. You no, they told you no to the point where there were questions about whether or not he could physically play in the postseason, and he decided not to. Yeah. Well, if that's I, the case, hasn't that reached the point of no return? And Atlanta's going to give him full no guarantee or full guaranteed contract? Come I on. thought it, Atlanta thought they had Deshaun Watson. Oof. They thought they had. Yeah, that's right. I remember that yeah. last year. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I there's recall. no question in that offense. Arthur Smith would love to. Oh yeah, to coach well, Marcus Mariota or Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Jackson. Well, oh, yeah. Mariota's gone. It'd right. be Ritter. Yeah, it's, it's Desmond Ritter. Ritter. That's what I mean. Yeah. Right. I'm saying like last upgrade. year you're yeah. playing oh, Marcus yeah, Mariota yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Or I could have Lamar Jackson. Yeah, sure. for sure. It's I an upgrade just, for them. I would say to you this: if the if the Baltimore Ravens weren't willing to meet his needs or, or meet his requests before, why would they do it now? And just watch them get uh, Anthony Richardson, and then they've got questions about another quarterback that may or may not be able to throw. All right, why not? By the way, we never played that this morning. He, I see Lagrange Bob dude, is calling well, you guys. He called me the, at twelve oh 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 one. To talk to Carmen Yurko about how he was he mad. He was like, he's like, oh, he do you think up. I'm mad? Do you, you think Cap playing me again is going to rile me up? And I'm like, well, you called. Cap <laughs> was screaming at him this morning. No, well, I mean, was Cap okay? Well, I I was surprised. I thought it was the anger quotient level was higher than it should have been. Yeah, I thought so too. That was just my interpretation. I'm like, why really? is Cap I, so mad? Get ready for that, Carm. I think we have it in this. Get system. ready for that, Carm. Oh, 
That's tomorrow. Two to six. Sports anger coming at should, you. Should we Sports all just anger. call Sports with anger. dumb takes tomorrow afternoon? Oh, just all, pretend to be just, people. Just pepper cap with just dumb, idiotic takes. What's going to happen to the recap cap tomorrow <laughs> afternoon? I, I need the recap. You can do it in a commercial break. It's only like two minutes long, right? Yeah. Just pull does up a it box. come in the afternoon? Just pull up a box score. Oh, yeah. Does it? Yeah. After it, watching the recap, yes. it does. Yes. He does. He does two. He I does got a re- you there. He does a, a day. Hey. Hey. He, does a day, he does a day cap and a night cap. Yeah. Hey. We, we got to run. Black and Abdallah coming up next, thanks to Big Cat and, and Peter King. Spring training tomorrow. <laughs> Thank you as well to Tyler Aki and Jeff Meller. For Waddle, I'm Sylvie. TSPM 1000. Have yourself a great Monday night.